right, we're back with another episode on the Saxo Market Call, and it is Monday. So we're going to talk about macro, we're going to talk about currencies, and I thought that we were going into a quiet December, and um, last week was pretty hectic, a lot of movements in the Japanese yen, and I'm actually... I'm joined here in the, um, with my colleague uh, Sharo Shanana. We again, and and there was a lot of movement in the in the Japanese yen, uh, Sharo. And and this week we already started with a massive rebound in the uh, in the Japanese yen. A lot of talk about whether the Bank of Japan will let go of this uh, this very tight control of the long end of the yield curve. And it's a, just a big week on on central banks. Uh, maybe I I was too quick on the uh, on the Japanese yen, uh, yen. Maybe we can get back to that. So maybe. Just if we start with the central banks, and I think the the good segue into the central bank is obviously the the U.S. inflation report coming out tomorrow. But uh, so how do you, how do you see this week shaping up? Yeah, hi Peter. So I think uh, the setup going into this week uh, with that you know rhetoric that uh, the jobs data from Friday has left us with is really. Uh, that we are still in that soft landing zone. Markets are still pricing for perfection and, you know, Goldilocks that the U.S. labor market is really weakening, but the pace is really modest here. So I think, uh, you know, yeah, the first test uh, of that rhetoric comes uh, from the inflation data that comes out tomorrow in the U.S. And I would think again, you know, I mean, there's little reason to believe that this Goldilocks will really be disrupted by U.S. CPI because, you know, the trend is pointing towards further um, easing of inflation. Uh, so I think uh, that really continues. And uh, then again, you know, just a day after uh, the CPI data, we also get into this uh, mega central bank announcements uh, from the three uh, biggest uh, central banks as well. So uh, I think the the reaction to CPI likely is going to be a continuation of what we've been seeing from uh, the NFP report. Yeah, and it, and it's also, I mean, the, the central banks... The, the Fed, the ECB. I mean, you know, so the, the Fed is on Wednesday, and and the um, the ECB is on on Thursday. They're not really going to. They're not. You know, the market just doesn't really expect them to to change the um, the rate, of course. So it's it's all about the language. Mm-hmm. It's what they say about the the risks and the outlook. And we have had a pretty significant, you know, repricing of you know cuts for next year. So I think the Fed is now priced more likely than not to go in the March meeting. And the ECB last time I checked on Friday had a ten percent probability of moving in the late January meeting, and um, we have had a discussion internally, as you know, Sharo, with uh, Steen, our chief investment officer, really being playing the uh, the um, the contrarian here, saying that uh, maybe because of what's happening with the European economy, the ECB will be fully priced for a rate cut already in in late January at that meeting. Um, I don't know what your views yeah. are on that. Yeah, I mean, I think going into this week, these narratives will certainly, you know, uh, uh, be tested. You know, I think it's really not about um, a hold, which is certainly priced in for both of the central banks. It's a little bit about the commentaries that come out of it. But I think it's a lot about the relative um, shift in tone that we see in the Fed versus the ECB. Uh, so from the Fed, yeah, like you said, I mean, you know, um, we have quite a bit of a uh, probability priced in for a rate cut right from March, but the first uh, full rate cut is actually priced in for May. Uh, whereas for the ECB, the first full rate cut is priced in for April. Um, I think uh, obviously the Fed um, uh, gives us a clearer indication into the thinking of its members with that dot plot. 
that will come out with this meeting as well. Um, although, of course, I mean, it, uh, it's always a debate how much uh, you can trust that dot plot. But I think it will be uh, important to see how the different members are shifting their expectations and especially comparing it to the last dot plot that we got in September, where uh, we only had uh, 50 basis points of rate cuts being shown for next year. So um, I think that obviously will be quite key uh, from the Fed meeting. But again, like I said, it's not just about the Fed. Um, even if we get a little bit of a balanced um, you know, tone from uh, the from Fed Chair Powell, trying to maybe push back on those rate cut expectations that are priced in for next year, uh, I think it'll be more about whether ECB can still prove to be more dovish than the Fed itself. And that really is going to be critical from an FX markets point of view, I would say. And then let's not forget, we also have the Bank of England on Thursday, uh, which is actually running in a little bit of a contrast right now. Very surprisingly, even though economic momentum is weakening, we have wages still above that 7% level. We have services inflation quite high as well still. So the vote split for the Bank of England can still show some of the members voting for a rate hike, um, although, of course, most should be going in for a hold there as well. But uh, I think uh, there are going to be some hawkish elements left in that uh, Bank of England meeting. Uh, but I think that race between the Fed and the ECB continues to get tight. And that that is going to be a key focus uh, from an FX uh, point of view this week. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how, how the market interprets uh, the the commentaries and the outlook from these central banks, and especially you know, from the you know in the ECB, on the one hand, a weaker currency. If you if you begin signaling a, a cutting cycle, um, it's good for export markets. But then on the other hand, I think the the eurozone, especially England or the Great Britain, um, has a has a problem with inflation. If you weaken your currency too much from because of the imports, you're importing inflation. But talking about currencies, we I, I flagged uh, ja, uh, you know the Japanese yen. Um, couple of minutes ago and we need to talk about what happened uh, because last week we had this set up with you know rather clear statement or maybe you can you can correct me if I'm wrong but rather you know indications indications from I would say from the Bank of Japan that they want to tweak or do something about the the current monetary policy what that mean I don't know but the market almost got ahead of itself and it the you know the Japanese yen really strengthened a lot Last week, Japanese equities mm. were down, and then coming into this week, and it it, it already turned around. I would say on Friday, but coming yeah. into the, but coming into this week, we're continuing with the rebound. The dollar yen is above one hundred and forty five. What's your what's your what's your view on Bank of Japan and this Japanese yen because it's such an important funding currency for carry trades and everything in the world. I mean, I would totally echo what you said, Peter. And I think the markets really got uh, ahead of themselves. You know, uh, the comments that we heard really from uh, Bank of Japan Governor Ueda last week, he still emphasized that uh, the Bank of Japan will continue with patient uh, monetary easing. There were certainly some elements of hawkishness, like the fact that he said that it is becoming uh, more challenging to maintain easy policy towards the end of this year and into early 2024. Uh, he also talked about uh, the fact that BOJ has not yet decided whether they will keep rates at zero or higher than that. 
so there there were some uh, you know signals that there are discussions ongoing in uh, the bank of japan about how they want to exit this negative interest rates policy uh, but that did not say anything about the timeline of the whole process and given the fact that uh, boj has always emphasized the fact that they want to see the wage growth before they really make such a decision i think uh, you know with traders kind of betting that we could see a move as early as next week when uh, the bank of japan announcement is due that is on the 19th of december i think that was uh, really um, uh, i think a, a bit stretched at that point uh, but i mean again you know uh, to be fair i do think that the timeline that the bank of japan has is starting to get pretty uh, rushed at this moment uh, you know uh, it there is a you know that that really makes a case for the fact that they could move earlier you know because uh, the global central banks would potentially be moving to an easing bias next year which will make it difficult for the bank of japan to really be an outlier and raise rates at that point um and from a macro uh, standpoint as well you know inflation could ease significantly as uh, uh, supply chains normalize as energy prices cool and as the yen uh, continues to strengthen from here we also saw q3 gdp data in japan last week which was quite poor it's about uh minus 3% uh, on an annualized basis uh, so that was the worst since the second quarter of uh, 2020 uh, so it is making uh, you know uh, bank of japan uh, difficult for bank of japan to really postpone this decision anymore but uh, uh, you know could this mean something happens as early as december uh, i think that would really hamper their credibility because they need to wait to see what wage growth numbers look like and eventually i would say i think uh, uh, even though they you know it might be a question of maybe january or december or whatever uh, we still think that the boj will be extremely gradual and extremely moderate with whatever they can do um so you know it's not like they are embarking on this long run tightening cycle uh from here so i think uh, you know the the strength that we've seen in yen uh that i think it was yeah overdone not that we can't see more of it but it has to come from more the us yield story than potentially anything that bank of japan can do yeah and <clears throat> good points and we 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 also have i think terrible examples of central banks trying to tweak monetary policies around december where liquidity is 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 extremely bad um especially in 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 uh, in you know not in particular currency market but also in equity markets etc i mean is it's just a bad month from trying to tweak things and i think 2018 was a was a lesson in in that regard for for the federal reserve so hopefully bank of japan thinking about that um mm-hmm. going at, at their 19th december meeting there um so yeah yeah so it's it's going to be quite interesting what the bank of the bank of japan uh, chooses to do there and i think also a point i want to make here uh, sharo is you know the reason why i agree with you they have to go uh, gradual is that this is a central bank and the you know monetary jurisdictions in the world that have kept low rates for for long for the longest so the the duration in bond portfolios not only on the pension side uh, but also among uh, banks and asset managers probably the lowest in the world so if you were to make a dramatic change to your um, to your your monetary outlook and, and interest rates were allowed to shoot higher it would cause i think a pretty significant damage to to balance sheets and uh, and create bond losses at least in the short term and that could you know impact capital ratios etc so that's that's i think at a key argument for why they would go gradual um 
the uh, the rest of the of the FX market, uh, Shara, we we need to talk about the uh, the dollar. So um, we had a we have just been through a, a dollar cycle with uh, with the weakening dollar, and it, it turned around. And um, so, what's the what's the latest? What's your latest view on the dollar here? Are we going to continue to see the uh, the dollar come the dollar come back and, and strengthen a little bit more, or how do you see see the trend? Yeah, so we did finally close, um, you know, the dollar was higher last week after three consecutive weeks of decline. Uh, but, uh, you know, looking at the positioning data for the week of 5th December, uh, the positioning has actually turned to a short dollar uh, for the week uh, with a sterling positioning turning to a net long, actually. Uh, so I think that was really interesting. But my bias um, going into this week uh, on the dollar will be, I would say, more mildly positive, given that there is a chance that the Fed could push back on rate cut pricing for 2024. But I think more importantly, like I said, you know, relative rhetoric is more important than absolute this week. So, um, you know, the chance that uh, ECB proves to be uh, relatively more dovish and that could um, help the dollar to kind of stay a little bit supported, uh, potentially even gain a little bit into the end of the week. And also if these, like I said, you know, the BOJ pivot bets, if they continue into the next week's meeting, uh, I would say there's a lower probability of that, but uh, that could still, you know, push the yen a little bit higher given the dramatic move we've had uh, last week. Um, you know, I think that can still have some ramifications this week. But lastly, I think one big focus also this week is um, China. And uh, we've had this continuation of bad news coming out of uh, from there with inflation data that was reported over the weekend showing a sharp uh, deacceleration versus the expectations um, and the fiscal boost as well coming out from that uh, Politburo meeting uh, was just about, um, I would say, meeting expectations, so not really exceeding them. Uh, we do have, again, activity numbers due in China, but and they are expected to be stronger because of uh, base effects. Uh, but if we look under the hood, I think we might, again, you know, get those same messages about uh, the underlying weakness that have driven that market for the most part of 2023. Uh, so there are a lot of wild cards, I would say, uh, in this week. So it is hard to say with any degree of confidence where we go from here. But uh, if we do get that extension further in uh, dollar gains, uh, perhaps the most to lose uh, will be with euro. Um, if again, that you know relative ECB dovishness kind of plays out. Um, I think Aussie and Kiwi are also showing a high degree of uh, pro-cyclicity to the, uh, you know, economic conditions. So I think uh, th those those will be the ones to watch. And uh, we've already talked about the Japanese yen. I think uh, that's going to be, again, a key one to watch this week. Uh, but the most exposed, again, I would say uh, to a potentially you know, relatively hawkish message from the Fed could be gold. You know, we are we are back below that key two thousand dollar mark in the Asian session today. So I think uh, that will be an interesting one to kind of um, watch for as well. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad you you brought up uh, gold because um I, one of my, the final points before we end this podcast is that one of the things that I think have been quite dramatic over the past week is the fact that. We had these big intraday moves, um, almost a lot of stop losses been taken out. And I think, you know, we've seen these intraday moves both in gold and, and Japanese yen. And it's just, I've been in this business for so long that I, I don't really like when I see very large liquid instruments having these almost mini flash crashes. Um, it's not something that it's, uh, that's pleasant to, to watch. So um, I would say that uh, that is striking a little bit of a risk-off uh, sentiment to me at least. So, um, but I think that, um, that ends the podcast and, uh, 
Yeah, Charo, um, it's going to be a very fascinating week on on macro and, and currency central bank decisions. So watch out for the Fed, the ECB, Bank of England, and also the December, sorry, Tuesday, so tomorrow, the US inflation report, and uh, and then as well track the, the Japanese yen and gold. It's going to be an interesting week. Safe trading out there, and thank you for listening. <laughs>